Hey there, this is your host, Selena Robinson. You are listening to Journey to Gentle Podcast. I am a mama sharing my journey to be more compassionate, mindful, and supportive with myself, my kids, and others. Thank you for tuning in. On this journey, I have with me today my mom. In this episode, my mom will talk about my grandmother's experience coming to the U.S. from Panama in the late 60s. She also talks about being the oldest out of all of her siblings and what it was like being a military brat. Most of what she talks about, I've actually never heard before, so this is all new to me. I wish I could have got more of my reactions, but I stayed muted most of the time because my kids were around, and yes, you will hear both of them throughout the podcast. So, let's jump into it. Um. Okay, so I am very interested in having this conversation with you around race. I'm not sure, like, other than around, like, recent events and bouncing ideas off of you for the podcast, I don't think that we've had, like, too much of a discussion especially not like starting from the beginning of our family with like mama and daddy and then like your experiences and then how that kind of shaped um the way that you raised us so yeah i i'm definitely like very interested in your view of things and then also um the difference in having like a mom from another country. Uh, oh, and so like before we get started, get started, I call my grandparents, my mom's parents, mama and daddy. That's kind of how everyone refers to them. So, and I call my mom either mom or ma or madre. So hopefully this doesn't get too confusing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess some people would get confused a little bit, but when I explain to to people that, hey, you know, for some reason, my mom, because of everyone hearing us call my mom, mom, that's what they would call my mom. For my dad, they would either call him dad or pops, because that's what he was called at home. So mm-hmm. that's what all the kids picked up. Yeah, so your question is, is how was it growing up with my parents? Yeah, so um, I guess maybe we can kind of start off with daddy and uh, his background, if that helps any, because uh, they met once he was in the military, right? Yes, so my dad was in the military. Um, He got stationed down Panama at uh, the base Panama Canal Zone is where he met my mother while going to a softball game. My mother was a part of the Canal Zone softball team. From my understanding, my mother was into a lot of sports and uh, she was also on the city swim team. They got married in Panama. I know they her first duty station with my dad was actually in Germany. Then uh, they was in Germany. Then they went to Fort Riley, Kansas, where um, I had an older brother who passed away because he had a heart murmur. During that time, hospitals didn't have the capabilities of taking care of a child like they do now who has heart murmurs. and um, 
before my dad got orders to go to Vietnam, um, my mother found out she was pregnant with me. And a week before my dad had to fly, I was actually born uh, one week prior to him going to Vietnam. So my mother had to go live with my father's family. Okay. And so that's how you came to be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Alabama. Yep. So that's how I was born in my father's hometown, which is Tuscaloosa, Alabama. How much time did you spend in Alabama? When I asked my mom this question about how long she had been in Alabama, it was purely out of curiosity because she's an Alabama fan, Roll Tide, and so I kind of wanted to get an idea of how much time she spent there to cause her to be such a fan. For, uh, from what my mom tells me is that uh, we were there for a year and a half and my dad came back. She said I had a hard time trying to figure out that that he was my father simply because my dad having so many brothers that I assumed that they were a part of, well, they are a part of my life, but I assumed that they were my father and my, my dad, I had nothing to do with him. But as time passed and me living with them, things got different. And then of course I was two, two and a half years old when my sister was born. And she was, um, she was actually born in Germany. Then I was five, almost six, when my uh, second sister was born. And she was born in Tacoma, Washington, where my dad was stationed at Fort Lewis um, before it became Joint Base uh, Lewis-McChord. And then uh, we went to Germany. Then we came to Fort Leavenworth, where my brother was born. Then we went back to Germany and I graduated high school in Germany. From graduating high school in Germany, um, that's where I had my first child, Selena and Elisha, which is Selena's older brother. They were born in Bayville, North Carolina, which Fort Bragg was my la- my dad's last duty station. And um, that's where he retired in Bayville, North Carolina. And that's where you sound- signed up? Uh, yes, I actually I actually signed up uh, for the military in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So most of my life was growing up military. Um, it was difficult. It it was it was like being in your own little bubble. Um, when we used to visit my cousins in Alabama, you could tell the difference in how they did things and how we did things. And they used to always call us the city people. Um, because we didn't talk like them, we didn't act like them, which was kind of hard trying to blend in with my cousins and, you know, be a part of their life. So I definitely had similar situations to my mom not fitting in with her cousins because of the way that we talked and the things that I liked and the way that I dressed, I sometimes felt like I didn't fit in with other black kids. And so for me, the fact that she had the same experience but within her family was definitely significant. So we pretty much was more very family oriented and very close with one another in my family. With like your siblings? Yes, with my siblings. Um, and I say we were close because um, when you saw us, we were we were very tight knit. But inside the home, of course, like any 
any other home, there was jealousy. Um, you know, being the oldest, I had my own room. I had my own, I had a lot of my own stuff. But not only that, it was, I was responsible for everything that my siblings did. If they did something wrong, I was responsible for it because I was the oldest. And I was the first one to get uh, punished for it. I can't, I don't have any other words uh, to say. Um, In this part, I wanted to add a trigger warning. My mom talks about the punishments that she received, specifically having food with help. If you would like to skip this part, please skip ahead about two minutes and 30 seconds. Pretty much the punishments that I did get were very unconventional. Um, yeah, we've all heard the stories of getting hit with the slipper, getting hit with the wooden spoon. But some of my stories are a lot worse than that. Um, I've had times where I didn't eat because of something that my brothers and sisters didn't do or didn't complete and it was my fault. So I didn't get the dinner um, or if I didn't fix their lunches, it was my fault. Um, there were times where and if I didn't clean my room a certain way or if I didn't get work done, household chores a certain way, um, the, as we called them, butt whoopings that we got were, you know, either with a belt, an extension cord, a slipper. That is very different from like the way we had it whenever we lived there. Because I remember getting a paddle, you know, they, they had that special like wooden looked like a cutting board to me it was very thick but it was specifically for whoopings but I don't think they didn't do all that other stuff to us so being that I was the oldest I got totally different um discipline than everyone else did my um my sisters after me their disciplines were way different they would get the paddle and they may get sent to their room because they were younger. I was the oldest and I was supposed to set the example for them. So because I failed, this is my discipline. Whereas when my sisters and my brothers would do something, uh, their discipline was able to be talked to and then they were disciplined. Um, my younger brother, barely got any discipline because he was the boy in the house, the only boy in the house. So he was expected to do things that the girls weren't expected to do. Sounds like really rough for you being the oldest and having all of that responsibility put on you. It was. But one of the things I had always told myself was that when I had kids, my children will have a voice. We would talk about things that, how they should have done something better instead of what they were doing and they thought was right. 
I looked at everything that my parents did to me, and it was mostly it was mostly my mother that did most of the disciplining. Um, because my father was gone uh, in the military, like we go to on um, different missions, and back then a lot of the missions will last two to three months, not the week long missions that we have now. These aren't called; they're not; they weren't deployments. Uh, these are uh, just um, things that they would go and uh, practice on their particular job as a group. Do you think many of um, her, many of the unconventional tactics come from the fact that Mama was from Panama? This question about the unconventional parenting tactics coming from Panama, potentially, comes from the idea behind the chocla. I hear many Latinx people talk about their mothers using chocolates, so I was curious to if many of these may have been that for my grandmother. So maybe they didn't come from her culture, but maybe it was something that happened within her family. But then again, there could have been many different reasons why my grandmother picked this up. I think so, but I'm not too sure because we really, we did not meet any of my mother's family members, which was very weird. Um, she did have a lot. She has uh, had six sisters and four brothers. Um, at the time that I can remember, she only had one sister that still lived in Panama. All her other uh, siblings had moved to the United States. We never met them. We know about them, but as far as meeting them, uh, we never met them. No, I take that back. We did meet one sister and that was because we were going to Germany and we stayed with them in a far walk away, New York, uh, because we were flying out of uh, JFK airport to go to Germany. Um, But it was like maybe an overnight. So I really can't give you too much details about my mom's family. I do know when she passed that her sister said that my mom did have a, um, what do you call it? Uh, she didn't have a very forgiving um, mindset. So if somebody done something wrong to her, she pretty much cut you off. And her thing was that um, she, even though she had older brothers and sisters, she would always tell me she was the oldest at home and she was responsible for everything. and. To me, that sounded like the treatment that I may have gotten because I'm the oldest. This is what's supposed to happen. Um, But listening to her sisters and them now, it wasn't like that in their house. Now, as far as my dad, he grew up in a semi-single family home. He has six brothers and three sisters. His dad was around, but his dad didn't live with them. Um, From my understanding, he also had another wife who had six boys and, yes, another sister. (laughs) But he lived more with that wife than he did with my grandmother. So whenever we... I'm saying bye-bye to Xander. Oh, okay. Bye-bye. He's too cute. 
<laughs> but so whenever we visit my grandmother, we would only visit my grandmother. Um, we barely um, visit my grandfather. Mind you, they were in the same town. You know, when we did in school, ask about, you know, family, the little bit that I know from my mom is she, she was born in Panama, Panama Canal Zone. She did a lot of different sports. Her goal before she married my father was to become a, back then it was called a candy cane nurse. Um, I think that's equivalent to a LPN, but uh, having us and being a housewife is what my mother did. You said she wanted to be a candy cane nurse? (laughs) Yeah, so it's like being a volunteer nurse that you go and you literally wear this outfit that looked like it was striped, um, like a candy cane. And that's what she would always call it. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, we always assumed that once all the kids were in school, that my mother would pursue her career. She didn't. Um, She um, just stayed as a housewife. Do you happen to know, like, why she might have chosen not to go and pursue? No. Uh, When I would talk to her about it, it was, we would get into arguments about what she chose in life. So then, was she, uh, like, very closed off? Yes very closed off when it come when it came to personal stuff it was uh, hard for her to really explain it most of it was I chose my life because I had kids right and then it wasn't yeah and that was not it. much more than that it's just <laughs> and you know as many times as I've tried to encourage her to go get a job I think I think the fact that because she felt that she was from another country that she couldn't do it. And can we can we uh, talk with talk about that for a bit? And in, in terms of like how it was for her, like from what you know, coming here to the U.S., um, being Afro Latina. Yeah. So from what I um, the little bit that we did talk about um, when I used to try to encourage her to get a, you know go out there get a job get your citizenship. Her, her things was, no, I'm not going to do it because of her. Quick action. question. Huh? She wasn't a citizen? No, she is a citizen, but she wasn't at the time when I used to try and encourage her to get her citizenship. It wasn't until I was 16, 17 years old when she got her citizenship and that was the during the time she explained to me why she didn't go through it because when she had me and she lived with my dad's family they pretty much were very prejudiced to her she wouldn't tell me what they called her all i know is that she felt she felt very out of place when she had to go somewhere she had to learn how to do it on her own she didn't know the simple fact and didn't understand why black people sat in the back of the bus. She didn't understand the the hatred of why 
she couldn't go to certain areas in Alabama. Do you know about when it was that she came to the U.S.? Because you were born in 1969. It was in the late 60s. The late 60s that she came to the U.S.? Yeah, that she came to the U.S. And then, you know, down in Alabama, from what I understand, um, where they lived at in Tuscaloosa was wasn't like what I see it now because I I don't know. But this is the things my mother told me, you know, it was they would always throw, you know, my dad should have married this other lady that they knew because they were high school sweethearts. They didn't understand how can she be black and not speak English. Yeah, it it wasn't it it was it was like they were it was like they didn't know that there are black people who don't speak English. Right. And so so this is coming from other black people. Yes. They kind of had their own idea of like who or what a black person was and she didn't yeah. fit that. Yeah. I always thought that uh, that would be something coming from white people, but this was something coming from um, other black yeah. people. So her coming to the States was um, all of this, like being made fun of or not, or being treated like an outsider, that is coming from other black people. And then she's also not understanding all of the uh, segregation. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, don't realize there was still a lot of segregation, segregational stuff that was still going on in the six, the late 60s. And yeah, I think Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in 1968, a year before you were born. No, I can't. Don't give me the lie. I can't remember. Um, But I think you're pretty close. Popping in here to confirm. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated on April 4th, 1968, and my mother was born January 1969. So, you know, um, and I think that's why we pretty much, um, my mom tried to keep us as close to her as possible because of the the small hatred with her being Black and having a different language. She didn't teach us Spanish. Uh, she would play a lot of uh, Hispanic music in the house. To you know, she did teach us how to salsa a little bit, but not too much. I mean, like in many ways, you could tell she was proud, but at the same time, she hid it. Yes. And then that's from the experience experiences that she had in Alabama. And I think that kind of makes sense as to why she wouldn't want citizenship in this country, you know. (laughs) When she did talk about Panama, uh, she would always mention the festival. I think, from what I understand, she was a dancer in the festival. Is this similar to, like, what they have in, like, Brazil? Yeah, the carnival. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so she called it the festival. Well... She called it or maybe else. I can't remember what the name of it was, but true. Well, and then she was a fairly new English speaker, so she described it the best as what she could. Yeah, 
but hey, I, it's hard to it's hard to picture mama. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, a lot of times when I think about it, I was like, man, you know, when she did tell us, I'm like, wow, she did all these things. How come we don't see that? How how come we don't feel that? But then again, I go back and I remember, you know, her stories that she said about how my father's family treated her she she just she didn't want us to have that same treatment so she didn't you know teach us a lot of the teachings and not only that um even cooking a lot of the different hispanic um foods there's uh there's a lot uh of different hispanic foods that she didn't teach us um, she um, had her way of twisting Southern food and Spanish food that she knew how to cook together. So when I cook, I kind of cook like that the same way. But yeah. you definitely, you spent a lot of time in the kitchen with mama, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. Um, one of the things that uh, I used to love doing was baking. Now, if there's anything my mother baked, everything was from scratch. There was never any box cakes in the house. That's how I learned how to bake everything from scratch. I mean, so when I go to baking things, I always try to bake it from from scratch if I have the time. Okay, sorry. Yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think this is kind of like a good segue maybe into more uh, racial things. Thank you all so much for listening to part one of me and my mom's conversation. Part two will be coming soon, but because of how much extra labor I have to put into editing an interview, next podcast we will be switching gears a bit and I will share with you some of my fears and thoughts around raising to black boys in america thank you so much for tuning in follow me on social media at journey to gentle visit my blog at journeytogentle.com